You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. So that might be you right now. Well, rest assured, I think Pastor has done a great job to really nurture us as servants, not only in the church, but outside these walls as we serve the local community. And we do such a great job of that. But really, God put on my heart to really for us to focus and to challenge you and encourage you this week and through the future is really how we serve in the workplace. Now, I know a lot of you here, this is pretty daunting for when God says, hey, I want you to speak on this. And I'm like, hey, I have a lot of coworkers here in this, uh, at this congregation, a lot of teammates that I work with on the base. So please uh, realize this is the disclaimer. I'm, a, I'm like you. This is what God has been working in me, and all I'm going to do is now share with you what God's working in me. So when it says in there that we are to serve, you might ask yourself, serve? Okay, if I'm in a customer service-based employment, that makes sense. Or you might be like, well, I'm self-employed. Or I'm the boss. People serve me, right? Okay, you might. But I'd, I'd caution you to go there. Because really, as followers of Christ, I believe we should be the most sought-after employees out there. Not that our HR department is authorized to ask us our religious preference, but if they were, if they were to say, and, and I think if we had that box check to say that I'm a follower of Christ, our resume should go to the top of the list. Because if we truly were following Christ, hiring a Christian should guarantee certain things, certain qualities. It should guarantee that, hey, I'm hiring someone who has integrity and is going to be a good steward of, of the company's money and supplies. That if I hire a Christian, this is an employee who shows patience and care for his fellow coworkers. That hiring a Christian employee would bring a positive, uplifting atmosphere to the workplace. A, a Christian is one who is going to be, have this great work ethic with quality results. I mean, that's really what should be out there. But I understand we're all a work in progress. And I know you're all out there kind of already saying, yeah, but you don't understand, Rob. <laughs> you don't work where I work. Well, I will tell you, when we think of certain people that we work with each and every day, right? Because I'm sure that's nobody here in these, these scenarios. But we have that person that, you know, you're tasked to be on a little working group. And the whole time you're like, oh, please, 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 don't, don't let Phil be on, on this working group. Please, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden he comes in the room, you know? And I apologize if your name's Phil. That was random. Just so... <laughs> But all of a sudden he comes in and you're like, oh my goodness, this guy puts more effort into getting out of work than actually doing work. Or he's the one that when you do task him, he makes it so painful that you know what? You just save yourself all the trouble and do it yourself, right? Well, hopefully that's not us. Or have you ever been to like a restaurant or, or other places of service and you get that person on the other side of the counter? What do you want? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what I want is some customer service. That's what I want here. And instead, they feel like you're burdening them. You know, if it wasn't for you, I'd be able to have a little bit more Facebook time. You know, I mean, whatever it may be, but you're thinking to yourself, isn't this ironic? The only reason why you're on the other side of that counter is because I'm bringing funds to this establishment. So serve me. So I will just tell you, you need to ask yourself, okay, as an employee, who am I? Who am I the example of? Because as a follower of Christ, there should be an instant association to positive attributes. Just by the fact that even though you may not tote it or, or tout it to, to your folks, you know, hey, I'm a follower, I'm a believer, I'm going to LFC, whatever it may be, but when people come to the realization and realize, oh my gosh, that guy's a Christian, it should all make sense versus, really? He's a Christian? 
right? I mean, there should be certain attributes. I, I kind of liken this to, uh, as Pastor mentioned, I'm in the Air Force. So when we put on the uniform, automatically, just by putting on that uniform, there are certain attributes that people already are thinking of. There was this one time heading back home when I used to live down in Lompoc that uh, there was a car on the side of the road, young lady all by herself trying to change out her, uh, her tire. So I pull up behind, and the first thing is you just see this, this sense of fear, like, oh my goodness, uh, you know, who just, who just pulled up? I'm out here by myself or out on this road, no one else around. But as soon as I stepped out and I was in uniform, you could see her countenance totally change. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, could you give a hand here? She doesn't know me. She doesn't know anything, but there is attributes that were already assigned just by having the privilege of wearing the uniform. Shouldn't that be the same in the fact that, hey, if I'm a follower of Christ, there should already be some attributes that are a given. And again, please, this is stuff we're all working out. We're all working out in us. But we have to ask, what keeps us from being able to d- display those, those attributes? And I believe that it is because we haven't applied God's principle of being a servant to all, especially in the workplace. It's as if when we get to work, we take that off. We're, we're here, we serve in the church, we serve in the community, we do all that. But when I go to work, I just get in line with the rest of the, my coworkers versus focusing on what God wants us to do, which he says we are to be servants. That is what our calling is as followers. And that servant mentality goes even in the workplace. Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28, Jesus gathered around his disciples and, and he said to them, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and that their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Remember, we're, we're his disciples. So he's telling us, not so with us. Instead, whoever wants to become great, whoever wants to strive and pursue up, they must be among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come here to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So as we live out our faith in Christ, we need to apply the servant mentality in all that we do, in everything that we're doing each day. So if you have your Bible with you, or if you have a Bible in front of you, we're going to park in in Ephesians 6, because I will tell you, this has been the book of the Bible the last few months that... When I thought I was done, I was moving on, God was like, no, let's, let's go around again in that Ephesians. I tell you, if you ever want to really challenge yourself and see how you're walking with the Lord, read Ephesians. James is not a bad one either. Holy mackerel. So Ephesians 6, we're going to start in verse 5, and it reads, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as a slave of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. So with a show of hands, who here has a boss? I have a boss. You all have a boss? Okay, good amount of you have a boss out there. So guess what? You're a slave. I'm just, I, I got to break it down to you. I know there's just this negative connotation with that. And, uh, but we answer to somebody. That's what that's talking about. And so when we, when we think of that word slave, and, and fortunately, in other versions, they use the word servant. That sounds so much better, doesn't it, right? Okay, I'll be someone's servant, not their slave. But in both cases, in the Greek, the word, the, the original scriptures was doulos, which means devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. 
So think of yourself at work. How many times that you're doing the job, really just whatever you see fit to do? You're like, okay. You get tasked certain things. I like that task. Nope, not that one. I'll take that one, that one, right? But in my disregard to myself, I focus on what's ahead of me. That's what you need. And I think if we were to think about this disregard and that I'm focusing on either the boss, that, the task he gave me, or the company that, that I'm working for, this is so contrary to what America has told us the path to success is. You know, here, here in the States, we're told to, you know, kind of, you're always striving to succeed, and if that means on the back of someone else's shoulders or on their back as you're pushing them down, as you're getting up that ladder of success, but that's not what God says. God says, no, if anything, you should be there helping them up, pushing other people up, and you'll see it's not your company that's rewarding you, it's somebody else, and we'll get to that. So that should be your focus. Verse 5 goes on to say for you to obey uh, obey with respect and fear, and obey is to serve, but that first word respect, if you look in the strong concordance, I like how they reference it, they, re- they refer to this respect as like a reverence for a husband, and it's talking about the, the alignment that God has put with the wife and the husband, and that the husband was appointed over, over the wife, so when I think of a respect to my employer, or respect to my supervisor, I'm respecting the position of authority there, because Romans 13.1 tells us who put that authority over us? Because it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, it says there. So now, who am I going to argue with, right? You might be saying, oh no, God would not have put Susie in that spot. There is no way that should have been my spot. I, I just, if you would trust in God that he is putting you and promoting you at the right time, right place, leave it in his hands to do that. Because it might be right now that God knows what's coming down your path, and right now you're going to need the flexibility of your current position. Only God would know. Or the fact that, hey, he has you impacting somebody's life in that job right now where if you were to promote up, you're not going to have that connection that he has planned for you. So just trust in him. Trust that he has, he has reason for that. And then it goes on and says fear. And this fear, again, Strong's goes in and explains that this is an anxiety of one who distrusts his own ability to completely meet all requirements, but even with this shortfall, religiously does his utmost to fulfill his duty. I mean, in my line of work, this is that, that devotion to, to mission, that I must meet mission, and, and that failure isn't an option. Do I fall short sometimes? Absolutely. But it's a mentality that even, I I don't give up, I don't surrender, I'm going to continue to press to success that is my full intent, and that's what you need to be reaching out and have that devotion. Lastly, it talks about a sincerity of heart, and this is now talking that I'm doing all this respect and honor, I'm doing this without any pretense or hypocrisy, I'm not doing this for any self-seeking gain, I'm doing this because God has directed me and I'm focused on God. That's why you're number one for, an employ- for someone who is going to profess that they're a follower of Christ and you're an employee, you need to honor your employer with a devotion to duty. That's what your focus needs to be on. Now, I know you're already, you, all the, the list, the litany of, of uh, excuses for why it's like, you don't understand, Rob. You know, you don't work for my boss. You know, you don't, yeah, I mean, I tell you, it's so tense in our work, work area. I mean, I just can't wait for the next job. You're, you're doing all these lists, but that's why Paul follows this up so quickly uh, and says, just as you would obey Christ. 
oh, that's just not fair, <laughs> you know? I mean, I want to have reason and excuses and, and for whatever, and, and then Paul throws down the Christ card. That daggone card trumps all excuses and says, all right, because really, you got to change your focus. Stop trying to please your, your boss. Stop trying to please uh, to pursue something. Just keep your focus on Christ and that every task and everything I'm doing is focused on pleasing him. So we move on to verse 6, and it says there, to obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves or servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Now, this goes back to that sincerity of heart, okay? That I don't have alternative motives for why I'm doing these tasks. And I'm not having alternative motives because, gee, who am I doing these tasks for? Am I doing it for my boss or my coworker? Well, if it's for my coworker, I don't want them to succeed. You know, they, they'll, they'll get the next promotion. No, that's not where your focus should be. It should be sincere and to say, okay, Lord, what do you have me to do? And this also deals with, when we talk about um, to make sure, but that we have favor when their eye is on us or not, deals with integrity. Do what is right, regardless of whoever may know about it. That's what you need to be focused on. And isn't that the definition when people ask you, hey, what's integrity? You say, well, doing what's right when no one's looking. That's integrity. Well, in this case, it's also talking about the other thing is when we look at the task that we are doing, the job that we're doing, I should do the same level of quality regardless of who knows about it. I mean, how many here have had, you know, someone take credit for the work that you've done, right? Come on, right? You know, you, you're like, all of a sudden, employee of the month is, and, and then they say what they did, and you're like, hey, hey, that was, you know? But I'm telling you, just understand that that's not why you're doing it. You're not doing it to seek favor. You're doing it because, hey, hey, God, this is the task that I have before me. And, and I'll really tell you, as much as that may hurt that someone took credit, Ultimately, God says, hey, where do you want the reward? Sure, you could take the plaque and get your picture up there. Or would you rather have that reward with me because I know who did it? And that's where God's saying to you, don't worry about that. He's got you. He's got you covered. So we look at number two, and it says there that serve with integrity is a reflection of God because I believe as believers, it should not matter who... I am working for or whoever that my task is going to benefit from because I need to understand that my final product, whatever my service, whatever I'm doing, is to be my effort is a reflection of Christ. And so when you keep that in mind that the quality, you know, a lot of times we say it's for our namesake to say, okay, well, that was Bedell's work. Bedell, yep, you know, all of a sudden it's done. Hey, I know it's squared away because it's Bedell, but they need to understand that, hey, it has nothing to do with Bedell has everything to do with my Lord and Savior that I'm working for. That's what it should be focused on. So verse 6 goes on, and it says, But as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. So understand that, yes, that when you go to work, here's your tasks that you have to do. And it could be that you're at the coffee shop, and, okay, I have customers, and, and i got to do the drive through and I'm doing all that. Yes, those are the tasks, but you need to acknowledge that accomplishing these tasks is actually fulfilling the will of God in this moment. And I will tell you, out of everything that we say today, this is where God started with me and then everything else kind of built. So I, I just, this is uh, where I feel God has for you to just encourage you and challenge you this week and as you move forward. And he says, he really put on, uh, impressed on me. If we went to work every day 
with the mindset that not only is this the day that the Lord has made, but, but, but the fact that my job and task for the day are actually ordained by God. When I have that focus, man, it now becomes a joy. It now becomes almost like a, almost like a game, like a challenge, like a scavenger hunt to see, okay, what, what does God have in store? What is he going to unfold? What in, so it's not just about the tasks of the day. Now I'm looking around to say, okay, who else has he put in my path? What else is, am I supposed to say just a word of encouragement or give someone a call or, or you don't know, but knowing that he's preordained it. It's, work is no longer a burden, but a privilege. And that's why number three, my job and task for the day are ordained by God. That should be your mindset as you go about your day. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So understand, he's, I, I kind of liken this like uh, Mario, Mario Brothers. And that tells you how old, because it was like Nintendo was the last video game I've ever played. But so with Mario Brothers, you know, you have the little, little, like, little charm things, little mushrooms you got to go, and, and bling, 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 bling. And, and I kind of look at that as if I looked at my day. Now, Mario, he could have just been focused to the target. Okay, promotion is, what was her name? Who's, who's my Mario folks? That you got you to gotta get the princess. I, I just don't know. At the end, if I went straight, you would know. What's the princess's name? Look at you, Princess Peach, I love it. So if I were, if all I did was get the Princess Peach, I'd be done. Ding, ding, you win the game. But I'd miss out on all the treasures on the way. And I really think that's what God is laying out for you, to say, I have ordained something for you, but you keep passing it left and right instead of fulfilling what I had for joy for you to be my handiwork and do what I want, want for you for that day. And that's exactly what Paul is trying to get across to us. It's for us to stop bickering and being petty over little issues, but instead to honor God with this, this heart of gratitude and with a joy and appreciation for the opportunity of being his handiwork, that you are his vessel to be used. And I think when you have that, it totally changes your perspective on your job. It's no longer a job, you know? We always talk about, well, it's Monday, right? Well, no, it should be Monday. Let's get it on, right? Should be, right? It's what we need to start doing. Ephesians 6, 7, we'll move on to verse 7 here. It says, serve wholeheartedly as if you're serving the Lord, not people. So again, it, this is for you to not grumble, because really, there's millions of folks out there who would be grateful, who would die for the job that you have. You know, I got to uh, serve with uh, Emmer First Class Zakari this week. Uh, he's one of our personnelists. And you can imagine with the name uh, Musa Zakari, he was not born here in the States, okay? Uh, but he's a proud American today. Uh, but he was born in Ghana. And so for him, his appreciation for what he has, the opportunity, he kept saying it as we were talking. He goes, man, I have so many opportunities. I have this opportunity. And I'm sitting there going, man, I take all those for granted. And he is just eating it up eating it up, just succeeding. He came over in his, late, in his early 20s, so he was born and raised in, in Ghana. So it is amazing that we don't take for, we take for granted versus pursuing to say, yes, I'm grateful, Lord. I want to do what you have for me. So when we talk about being wholehearted, that also can be referred to as just being passionately or committedly doing what is for God. And now when when we have this mindset, even the most mundane task for the day 
comes to a joy. It's my opportunity to be God's handiwork. You know, I used to always tell the, the airmen that regardless, you know, as, as an airman, I, I'm here to serve. So if you assign me to, to mop the, flo- the hallways, then I'm mopping the hallways. And my work is a reflection of me. So if you go and look at my hallway afterwards and say, hey, we need someone to mop the floor, and someone says, Bedell already did it, and they go, really? Are you sure about that? So it should be a reflection. So not so much on me, but again, that reflection needs to go to Christ. It's focused on that end product of our service, our workmanship, the effort that we put into it, our investment you put into that act of service. Because I need to ask myself when I'm done, am I doing this half-heartedly? Or am I devoted to wholeheartedly serving God in my workplace? That's what i got to challenge myself with. Colossians 1.10 says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. That's what I want to do. I, you know, growing up and even early in the Air Force, people said, you know, why do you do what you do? And I said, I just want to make my dad proud. Well, God is our heavenly daddy. And that's what this verse is saying. We're trying to, to make Him proud. To say, Lord, I, I am so grateful for everything you did for me. That's why I'm making sure that I am doing everything to, your, to my utmost as a, as a gift to you. Because how many times do we say, you know, when we have a product or a project, and we're working on it, and we look at the time, and we're like, gosh, man, I really I need, to, I need to get to bed, or hey, the game's coming on, you know? And you look at it, and you say, well, you know, that's good enough. That's good enough, right? So my question to you, though, and we have to ask ourselves, Good enough for who? Because now, who am I really doing that for? Is it good enough to bring honor to God? Because I encourage you to think of your workmanship as an offering to God. And that's what number four is. Envision God receiving your final product. Now ask yourself, is it good enough? Is it worthy to be presented to your heavenly Father? Because that's what you want. We move on to verse 8. It says, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. So what I like about this is Paul starts with the phrase, because you know. That's pretty much saying, all right, this is fact. God has already proven this. So don't doubt that he, the Lord, will reward each one for whatever good they do. And that's number five. The Lord will reward good. Not your boss. Not your company. It's the Lord who will do that in his good timing, not for you to worry and fret. Psalm 75 in the Living Bible in verse 6 says, for promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes. And when you come to the realization that it's not somebody that I'm trying to please, that all I need to do is be faithful in doing good, that God will take care of the rest. It's his job to take care of that. And I need to come to the realization and just understand that, hey, this is where God has me today. Promotion will come, but today, this is where I'm working. Will he bless me? That's up to God to worry about. Right now, this is where I'm working. And so when we think of, as I started the talk, the epitome of what a Christian employee should be is a Christian employee with a heart of a servant. Because when we get up in the morning and praise God for the day he has made, we are to be grateful for the job he has blessed us with. We are to honor the leadership God has appointed over us by lifting them up 
with prayers for wisdom for the day. We then are eager to tackle the task for the day that God has ordained with an anticipation to fulfill all the opportunities to be God's handiwork as a reflection of his son and as a worthy offering to God. That's your mentality as an employee. Everything I do is ultimately focused on the Lord and it's to be a reflection. And understand, no, we're not perfect out there. We're going to make mistakes. There's going to be little things there. But if you have your eyes open and you're looking for opportunities to really meet what God's expectations and his preordained opportunities for you, then work is no longer labor, as we call it. It should be a joy for you to go to have those opportunities to be his handiwork. So really be, realize that, that folks are watching. Folks are seeing. But more importantly, God knows your, what you're doing. And God is pleased to allow you to be a vessel of his to do his handiwork. So I will wrap it up with one last scripture, 1 Peter 4, and I can't say it any better than this. And it says, to above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins, covers over our human frailties, our, our imperfections, our shortfalls. Just love. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Just do it. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength of God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ because to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'll tell you, so that's what God's working. I hope you're encouraged by that, a little challenged by that, to really make a difference in the workplace. Take that servant's heart that you bring here each and every, each and every Sunday and throughout the week and in the community, bring it to your workplace. It's needed. So will you please join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we Lord, we just praise you and thank you. Not only just praise you for our employment, that you are the one that takes care of us and provides for us. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we can be a reflection of your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we are so, so humbled by the opportunity that each and every day you have laid out plans and opportunities for us to be a blessing to others. Lord, help us to hear the Holy Spirit and follow his leading. Help us to be obedient to your nudging for us to make a difference in our workplace and with our coworkers and show them and reflect to them your son, Jesus Christ, through our service and what we do each and every day. And lastly, Lord, I just pray that you be with some very close friends of mine and anyone else here that has lost someone dear to them. Lord, I just pray that you just bring your big arms of love and compassion and peace in this time of, of sorrow. And Lord, I just pray that you just know that you're the master. You're the one that's in control of everything. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.